Hello, welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Frances Harry. And a while back, I did a presentation called God, Be Yourself My Sanctity. And that is actually a phrase that was used in the prayer, Act of Oblation to Merciful Love, by St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower. And you can find it in the story of a soul. I love that prayer. It's a very potent prayer. And I think the Lord um, let it be published in a book so that we all could join in in praying it. But there's this particular phrase that really touched my heart that I have pondered for many years. God, be yourself my sanctity. And I remember searching for other materials, other books, other articles that would focus on that part of her prayer. And although some would mention it, the books that I had come across really didn't dive into it. And then I discovered a book by Susie Andres, who is a secular discount Carmelite in California. And her book is called Something New with St. Therese, Her Eucharistic Miracle. I just love that book. And in it, she covers this phrase, God, be yourself my sanctity. And so it was from reading that that I was inspired to put together my thoughts and reflections along with the rich material that she provided to present to you the talks on God, be yourself my sanctity. So part one is already out there. And today is part two. And in part two, I want to talk about how this plays out. What does it look like? What's the evidence of God being her sanctity? But first, as always, I would like to start with a prayer. So I ask you to get recollected, to turn within, to be with our Lord within the tabernacle of your heart. And let us pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, in you alone is my identity found. In your mercy, my trust. In your compassion, my hope. In your will, my peace. In your grace, my dignity. In your salvation, my security. In your love, my happiness. In your loving and generous heart, my rest and fulfillment. Teach me to die to self that I may live more fully a life centered in the Eucharistic and sacred heart of your Son, in him and with him and for him. St. Therese of the Child Jesus, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, so examples of how God being her sanctity may play out. First, let's remember that St. Therese had asked for, and we believe did experience, this Eucharistic miracle of a continuous presence of the Eucharist within her soul. In other words, not dissolving like normal, but that her prayer was answered for God to remain with her, um, remain in her as in a tabernacle, right? And then this additional prayer, be yourself my sanctity. Well, how does that happen? Well, of course, we know those who are traversing this path in the spiritual life 
um, this way of perfection, know that we must empty ourselves of self. Our own self, the world, Satan, these are the obstacles. But as you get further up on this path, you, you see how deep and destructive self can be, right? Um, this is where some really deep roots may lie. So we must empty ourselves of self so that God can then fill us. We've got to make space for God. So, of course, we know that in the Eucharist, God is present in us, in Jesus, in his Eucharistic heart. But let's look at her outward life and what we perceive to give us some examples of how we see God being her sanctity. And I have several ideas here that I wanted to share with you. The first one was in St. Teresa's Charity. In her words to others, we see God being her sanctity. Well, let's look at some of her words. And I took most of these from Story of a Soul. Quote, the goods of heaven don't belong to me either. They are lent to me by God, who can withdraw them without my having a right to complain. Okay, so acknowledging the goods of heaven are being lent to her. So, again, God manifesting his gifts in her. She goes on to say, Jesus has given me the grace of not being any more attached to the goods of the mind and heart than to those of earth. We might want to ask ourselves how we do in that. She continues, if it happens that I think or say something that is pleasing to my sisters, I find it very natural that they take it as a good that belongs to them. This thought belongs to the Holy Spirit and not to me. He is therefore free to use me to give a good thought to a soul. And if I think this inspiration belongs to me, I would be like the donkey carrying the relics who believed the reverence paid to the saints was being directed to him. I like her. I like her reference here, right? She continues. He is always using his creatures as instruments to carry on his work in souls. So that's what we are, the servants, useless servants, and nevertheless, giving ourselves totally to God. She also says, I am a little brush that Jesus has chosen in order to paint his own image in the souls entrusted to my care. Wow. To paint his own image. So again, this, this pondering, this thinking, this voicing. Her recognition of God's presence, his gifts, his action within her. She also says, I must seek out in recreation on free days the company of sisters who are the least agreeable to me in order to carry out with regard to these wounded souls the office of the good Samaritan. So she, again, she's denying her self-will, which would rather go to the people she likes being around to going to those who were least agreeable to her. And of course, I know the Lord uses those least agreeable people to help chisel us and help us to grow in perfection, right? Another example of how God is manifested in being her sanctity would be maybe through the lights given to her in spiritual direction for her novices. 
She says, Lord, I am too little to nourish your children. If you wish to give through me what is suitable for each, fill my little hand, and without leaving your arms or turning my head, I shall give your treasures to the soul who will come and ask for nourishment. If she finds it according to her taste, I shall know it is not to me, but to you she owes it. On the contrary, if she complains and finds bitter what I present, my peace will not be disturbed, and I shall try to convince her this nourishment comes from you, and be very careful not to seek any other for her. And she goes on about her novices. Often the novices say to me, you have an answer for everything. I believed I would embarrass you this time. Where do you go to get everything you say? They are those who are simple enough to believe I can read their souls. Because it has happened that I anticipated them by saying what they were thinking. I was really sure I didn't have the gift of reading souls. And this surprised me all the more because I had been so right. I felt that God was very close and that, without realizing it, I had spoken words, as does a child, which came not from me, but from him. You know, we have conversations with people all the time, whether it's on the phone, at work, in the home, at church. And often we receive an inspirational word through our conversation with them, or maybe uh, an idea pops into our head that we share with them. But the problem is so many of us take credit for that being our thought, how we came up with that, when in reality, when you think about it, it was God, the Holy Spirit, placing this thought within you to, to give to his children, to give to those he loves, or for you to receive from them. It is a gift from God. Unfortunately, we too often want to take the credit. Another example of how God manifests as St. Therese's sanctity might be through receiving instructions from the Lord or her understanding of Scripture. Oh, we know the Holy Spirit is very active in helping us understand Scripture, right? This is what Therese says. Jesus has no need of books or doctors to instruct souls. He, the doctor of doctors, teaches without the noise of words. Never had I heard him speak, but I feel that he is within me at each moment. He is guiding and inspiring me with what I must say and do. I find just when I need them certain lights that I had not seen until then. And it isn't most frequently during my hours of prayer that these are most abundant, but rather in the midst of my daily occupations. You know, a lot of people get these bright ideas through their dreams. I think maybe when you're asleep, you're more receptive to being inspired by the Holy Spirit. But of course, we know that the Holy Spirit's working actively through Scripture. So, and we know that St. Therese carried the gospel on her chest. She loved to pray the gospels. So she never heard him speak. So she's saying she's not receiving locutions, but she is receiving 
inspiration and guidance. And I think if we look at our lives carefully, we will find evidence of that as well. Here's another way that God manifests his sanctity through St. Therese, particularly, I think, during periods of suffering, suffering great aridity and interior agony. And I pulled this little excerpt from a book called Lessons from St. Therese by John Paul Thomas. And it's about the story where, um, about being the little ball or having the basket of goodies presented to her. And she's saying, I choose all. Well, right before St. Therese put on the habit of caramel on her four-day retreat, she began to drink from the bitter chalice of suffering. She writes to Sister Agnes, Jesus is riddling me with pinpricks. The poor little ball is exhausted. Of course, she's calling herself that little ball. All over it has very little holes, which make it suffer more than if it had only one large hole. Nothing near Jesus. Aridity. Sleep. Today, more than yesterday, if it were possible, I was deprived of all consolation. I thank Jesus who finds this good for my soul and that perhaps if he were to console me, I would stop at this sweetness. But he wants that all be for himself. Well, then all will be for him. All, even when I feel I am able to offer nothing. So just like this evening, I will give him this Nothing. So you see, we can do that too. We can give God our nothing. We don't have to do great works. It is our love, our confidence in him. Jesus, or Therese, loved Jesus because he was worthy of all love, not because he consoled her. She saw this affliction, this aridity, this suffering as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you looked at your suffering as an opportunity or an invitation? She sees this as, as an invitation to be more intimate with Jesus, to choose him for love alone and not for what he can give her, right? Another example. St. Therese says, I'm not patient. It is God patient within me. That was St. Therese's response to those who were complimenting her on her patience because she, she wasn't feeling patient, and yet they were perceiving her as being patient. So she gives credit where credit is due. She says, I'm not patient. It is God patient within me. Isn't that wonderful how she recognizes God's action through her? It's so beautiful. Here's another example. I think this is number six. Loving those I don't like. And this is like the cranky sister, the cranky nun, Sister St. Pierre. Well, this nun needed help getting to the refectory. St. Therese says, it cost me very much to offer myself for this little service because I knew it was not easy to please Sister St. Pierre. However, I did not want to lose such a beautiful opportunity for exercising charity. Remembering the words of Jesus, whatever you do to the least of my brothers, you do to me. 
it was incredible how difficult it was for me to get up, especially at the beginning, Therese says. Therese would help the nun all the while. The nun was criticizing her about going too fast or that she's going to make her flaw. St. Therese got her to the table and she turned back her sleeves again in a certain way. And then afterwards, she was free to leave. But St. Therese noticed that Sister St. Pierre had trouble cutting her bread. So St. Therese did it for her and then gave her my most beautiful smile before leaving her all alone. This extra effort really touched this old cranky nun and, and won her favor. St. Therese later reflected, When I was guiding Sister St. Pierre, I did it with so much love that I could not possibly have done it better had I been guiding Jesus himself. Hmm, there's a nice challenge. Go to some really disagreeable person and treat them as if they were Jesus himself. Ow. And so she is living the words that Jesus gave. Whatever you do to the least of my brothers, you do to me. So now Jesus is acting through her to help the Jesus and others. Here's the seventh example. And it happens at the trial of faith at the end of her life. And again, um, this comes from Lessons from St. Therese by John Paul Thomas. Quote, the thought of heaven, which had consoled me from my earliest childhood, now became a subject of conflict and torture. I wish I could express what I feel, but it is beyond me. One must have passed through this dark tunnel to understand its blackness. So St. Therese saw this desolation as an opportunity to deepen her faith with an act of the most pure and profound faith that she could muster and to suffer the consequences of the lack of faith for unbelievers so that they would believe. This was true martyrdom of spirit. She said, I turn my back on the foe, then I hasten to my Savior and vow that I am ready to shed my blood in witness of my belief in heaven. I tell him, if only he will deign to open it to poor unbelievers, I am content to sacrifice all pleasure in the thought of it as long as I live. Wow. She's really diving into the suffering, this great darkness like a dark tongue, and yet great faith. She just felt like the saints were challenging her. How far can we go? How far can we grow this virtue of um, faith? Um, the challenge that Jesus gives her, she rises to the occasion, and I'm sure by the grace of God. As we share in his suffering, we shall share in his glory. You know, the magnet that attracts God is our poverty, our weakness, our littleness, combined with a desire to love God and to abandon ourselves to him with great trust and confidence. This is the magnet that attracts and glorifies God's merciful love. How can his mercy be shown if not with us weak ones? A love revealed in his stooping down to souls, to the little, 
the weak, the poor, and then, in his great love and mercy, raising them to himself. And that's what love does. Lowers itself to draw us up to him. St. Therese tells us through Sister Maria the Sacred Heart, quote, I'm sure that God would not give you the desire to be possessed by him. By his merciful love, if he were not reserving this favor for you. Let me say that again, because I, I read that wrong. I want you to get the sense of this. I'm sure that God would not give you the desire to be possessed by him, by his merciful love, if he were not reserving this favor for you. Or rather, he has already given it to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Since you have given yourself to him, since you desire to be consumed by him, and since God never gives desires that he cannot realize, do you desire him? God never gives desires that he cannot realize. Mm, that's so wonderful and encouraging. Therese prays, dear mother, this is my prayer. I ask Jesus to draw me into the flames of his love to unite me so closely to him that he lives and act in me. I feel that the more the fire of love burns within my heart, the more I shall say, draw me. The more also the souls who will approach me, poor little piece of iron, useless if I redraw, if I withdraw from the divine furnace, the more these souls will run swiftly in the odor of the ointments of their beloved. For a soul that is burning with love cannot remain inactive so again she believes she speaks she witnesses that she believes that he is living and acting in her <clears throat> well will we receive him <clears throat> or will we find room in our inn for him Will we go into the divine furnace to become flames of his love? Let us ask for this grace. God's merciful love is unearned, unmerited. It is totally gratuitous. It is sheer grace. And as St. Therese said, all is grace. So I hope these examples have helped you and maybe pointed you to reflect on your own life and how you can empty yourself of self so that God can act and remain in you. So I'd like to end with this prayer um, that I think helps us really focus on this <clears throat> phrase of, oh God, be yourself my sanctity. Let us pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, most blessed Trinity, whom I adore, live in me and act in me. Speak in me and through me. Think your thoughts in my mind. Love me and love others through me. Share with me your thoughts, dispositions, and feelings. Correct, enlighten, and expand my thoughts and behavior. Possess my soul, rule my life, replace me with yourself. Pray with me, in me, and through me. Help me to live in your light, 
your love, your life. Keep me in the union of our hearts. O oh God, be yourself my sanctity, now, forever, and always. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope this has been helpful for you, and I hope it will help you to take to prayer the prayer of St. Therese, God, be yourself my sanctity, and may he give you the grace to grow in that prayer with him. St. Therese of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face, pray for us. God bless you.